everyone, and welcome to the all-new Forever Blue Shirts Radio Podcast, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Forever Blue Shirts Radio Podcast. This is going to be a full-on assault of draft goodness. That's what our focus is. The draft is on October 6th. It is just days away. And who else should I bring on to this show than the Greek draft god himself, the draft analyst? Steve Kourianos, how are you, buddy? What's going on, Anthony? How you doing today? That's it. I, I mean, I work up an intro. I mean, all I'm missing is drums and horns there, <laughs> and I get a, hey, what's going on today, man? If you don't like me, just say so. <laughs> nah, man. Yeah, listen, it's early. It's, it's early in the morning. Hey, uh, you, listen, I got kids, man. <laughs> you got, I got soccer coming up. I got all things I got to get done. All right, brother. So, Obviously, you are a draft expert. Uh, you painstakingly look at hundreds of prospects. You put out your, your draft report, uh, and they are basically scouting slash report cards. You put in an incredible amount of time. Uh, I hope people you know, went out and got it. Uh, I sent out plenty of links when you pushed it out. I looked it over. It's fantastic work. I want to commend you for it, first and foremost. Well, thank you. Listen, uh, this is uh, my passion. Uh, If if I didn't enjoy doing it, uh, then I probably wouldn't come out the way it came out. But yeah, this was great. It was uh, the biggest one we've done and uh, gets a lot of attention. But really, it's just more like for guys like uh, you and I uh, who, uh, you know, want that information when these kids get drafted. We're like, who? Who's this kid? Where'd he come from? Right. It's very difficult to just go to a page that has stats on it and try to figure out uh, more about this kid than beyond goals and assists. And so that's where I, I felt like uh, there was a little bit of a void in that regard. And, uh, but now, like I said, this year, um, there's a lot of people doing it. Uh, but I wanted to kind of uh, keep this more like, a, like t- tell each scouting report, have them read like a story, you know, like, like basically from the beginning of the kid's season to the end where he's going to college or what program he's part of. And so very detailed. You had 376 scouting reports, and each one is at least – about two paragraphs long. So, uh, you know, you definitely get uh, a lot in it. And uh, I want to thank you again for promoting it because uh, it's been really good this year so far. That's awesome. And just for everyone, you can still pick it up. The draft is days away. It's a, it's a, it's a fast read, especially if you're targeting certain players and you just want to look them up. Uh, it's very well done and it costs $5. So basically it's less than a foot long at Subway. Okay guys. All right. Cause you're going to pay, they charge you tax at Subway. All right. And you can pick it up at the draftanalyst.com. There's a link there to buy it. I recommend everyone go do it and do it today. $5 man for 300 scouting reports plus sick work, man. And incredible yeah. work. Um, all right. So before we dive into you know, we're not going to do a full-blown mock draft, but we are going to really discuss the first round. Uh, we might go a little deeper on the Rangers and the and the subsequent rounds just to get some idea, some of your thought process uh, on that. But we should focus a little bit on the fact that, you know, Henrik Lundqvist was bought out. We knew this was coming. Uh, there was some talks about would he retire? Those were put, put to bed. He still may retire, by the way. For everyone who who thinks that, Lundqvist is going to go find another team tomorrow. That is, that's a possibility. There will be teams that probably say, are you interested in being a backup? 
New Jersey supposedly is one of those teams. I cannot see Henrik Lundqvist saying, sure, I'll be Mackenzie Blackwood's back backup for you for like 20 games and tarnish my reputation and name in New York to play for a million dollars in New Jersey as a backup. I think there's got to be teams out there like the Capitals who he could find intriguing as a 1B uh, behind Samsonov. I think that the Colorado Avalanche, for all their we like our goaltenders, would we'll, look at possibly taking a chance on him. Same with the Carolina Hurricanes. Those are some of my three favorite favorite landing spots. But what do you think about Lundqvist? Besides the fact that we, I don't think we have to talk about how great of a career he had. He's an icon. He is New York royalty. His name will shoot up to the rafters faster than the space shuttle. So there's nothing to discuss about that. He is who he is. But just quickly, landing spots. Thoughts? Uh, there are a lot of teams. Well, first of all, I don't think that he's, he wants to be a backup. I think he thinks that he's good enough to be a number one. And <laughs> we've seen him in the last three years that this guy's had a putrid defense a- ahead of him. Uh, Dave, Dave Quinn promotes like an up-tempo attack, uh, so that leaves a lot of room on his side of the ice, and the ice gets tilted. Uh, so I-, I think that he feels that he could still be a number one, and, and especially if he's got a better supporting cast around him. So uh, there are going to be a ton of openings this year. Tons of teams flamed out in the playoffs. They have cap space. Uh, you, I mean, look, I hate to say this, but the Pittsburgh Penguins – are disgusted for the most part with Matt Murray. I don't say disgusted, but at least the fans are. Uh, and so there's going to be a lot of movement. You'll see a lot of guys switching places. So, uh, yeah, the teams you mentioned as well, uh, maybe maybe even San Jose because San Jose has uh, some issues. And, you know, they were coming off a year where they, they went to the – I think they went to the conference final. So, you know, when they, they really stunk this past year, it's not like they're, like, going to go through this rebuild. They, are, they intend to go all in. But they had horrible, horrible goaltending. And I think I saw a rumor that they're looking towards, leaning towards Devin Dubnik. I'm like, why would you do that, man? Lundqvist is going to be available. And they For have a million dollars, probably. Yeah, so uh, I think, Henrik, the only thing that I would recommend if I could to Mr. Lundqvist is that he has an open mind and definitely is willing to go anywhere. If he's got only a year or two left in his career – Go anywhere, man. Go cup hunting. San Jose is interesting, right? He's, him and Eric Carlson are really good friends, right? So that would, make, that would be something. I could see Eric saying, come here. Come yeah. here now. We're not we, – we were terrible last year. We had coaching. We, 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 we did not play well for our coach. You know, we're, we've identified some of our problems. We have veterans here. We have a nice mix of young talent. We're going to make some moves. That is a good – that's a good one right there. I didn't think – as soon as I heard Devin Dubnik, I was like, all right, that's out for, for Lundqvist. But you know what? That relationship with Carlson could be, right? I mean, it's a lot. I mean, listen, it's San Jose, it's the Bay Area, Silicon Valley. There's a lot – it's a high-profile, uh, you know, very Tony uh, zip code. And so uh, I guess uh, everybody in the end could win out, the good schools, like because he's got kids. All these things that you got to consider when you want to move places. So uh, the only issue would be that, you know, he, he, they're not necessarily cup contenders – uh, but again, I think that Lundqvist, uh, considering the, uh, I guess, his desire and his drive, he's definitely disappointed in the fact that he wasn't able to uh, return back to his, his elite status over the, what, the last three seasons. So maybe it was a personnel issue. We don't know that until he can go out and prove that he, it really was the Rangers d- defense with David Quinn's style that hurt him. And uh, I, I wish him the best of luck. I really do. I think he deserves to go out with a bang. I hope he doesn't retire and go to Falunda because that's kind of anticlimactic. I'd like to see him. At they least- said that's ruled out. 
Oh, that's I mean, good. even Joe Lundquist ruled it out, said it's not happening. He's not retiring uh, to come here. Yeah. That's, that, that's clear as day. He's not retiring to come here. So, you know, because I think Joe Lundquist has had it with uh, everybody in Swedish media asking him, is Henrik coming? Is Henrik oh, yeah, coming? of course. I mean, I would, I mean, from a rating standpoint, if you're the NHL and you're Gary Bettman, I mean, you want a guy like Henrik Lundqvist on another team, like hopefully, potentially in the middle of a deep playoff run and trying to carry a team to the cup. That would be outstanding theater. You'd get the entire New York market behind it. Mm -hmm. At least the Ranger fan, uh, most of the New York market, at least. So yeah, there's a lot of possibilities. And again, I, I think he still has some left in the tank. I just, I mean, he'll never be probably a Vesna type. But we've seen in the past. We saw Brodeur do it against the Rangers in 2012. We saw, uh, was, it, uh, was it Dwayne Rollison with the Oilers in 2006? These old graybeards, uh, goalies, who were able to pull out one final run uh, before they, they call it a day. So uh, really, uh, he's got, the possibilities are endless for Lundqvist. I really do hope he ends up being a number one elsewhere. Sounds good. So now let's talk about what I found. I, I'm still can't even put words. I can't believe... Because it kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't hear anything. And when you looked at the Rangers lineup and you said, all right, they're overloaded on the right side, right? You know, and people are talking about, oh, yeah, they're going to they're gonna move Tony D'Angelo. He's gone. He's gone. No. And, you know, um, unfortunately, we are in such a hyperbolic, um, divided uh, state in the country that, you know, your political affiliation, especially if it's on one side, People are like, just want to get rid of them. And I'm like, oh, this is a 53-point defense. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so my point is, is that they just qualified him, which yeah. means they're going to retain his negotiation rights, which to me, that's a pretty good indication that they want to work something out. It does not make sense to throw a cast away, and you're not going to get much. The market is flooded, everyone. There are tons of people and tons of uncertainty and internal budgets, and nobody knows. There's as much as of a possibility is that there will be guys who you would have thought gone who are just going, I don't have a team. Where am I going? There could be bargains everywhere. And honestly, the smartest thing for the Rangers to do is take care of your own house, take care of your RFAs, Figure out where you stand cap-wise afterwards, okay, knowing that you have to allocate for performance bonuses, which everyone seems to forget, right? And I was pointed to it a, a, about a, over a week ago, like, everyone looks at our cap situation and thinks we have a ton of money. We, they don't understand we have a bunch of ELCs with a bunch of really good young guys that can hit performance bonuses that we have to have a cushion for. And Gorton and Davidson yesterday said that on their Zoom conference. We're not going to spend to the cap because we have to be cognizant of this situation. So when I'm looking at everything, stay the course. Let the market go attack itself. Let Krug go for $8 million, $7 million. I don't care. Let Petrangelo go. All of a sudden, let it, the dust settle. Teams might go, all right, we just signed Petrangelo. Oh, we just signed Krug. What do we do with this guy? We need more cap space. We're a little over. We got to be smart. The Rangers could find themselves with a bargain at left defense because they said they were looking to improve the defense. Or for, for, for better case, they could fit round out the bottom six. And I, and I really, I, I see this. I like, there's a Zemgis, a, 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 how do you even say his name? Yeah, the guy from Buffalo. Yeah, right? Yep. I'm like going, he he's, was a high draft pick. He's a great 
like character guy, bottom line, you know, bottom six forward who could play center in a pinch big. Who knows? He, go, he may not have a team. He yeah. may not have a team. And guess what? You might be able to get him at a bargain uh, and fill out your bottom six if you're just patient enough in this market. So stall's gone. Let's react to that because I didn't see it coming. And do you th- what do you think the Rangers are going to do at left defense? Because right now, all you really have is Ryan Lindgren as a shoe-in, yeah. possibly Keandre Miller, who I think will get a serious look. They did not invite him to camp okay, for phase three just to say, oh, we just want to give you some time. And maybe Libor Hayek getting a legitimate look before they try to trade him when other players are ready to step in. Well, I mean, I, I think there are, there are so many things that in different directions we could go with this because uh, remember that the ownership drives a lot uh, with the way the Rangers operate when it comes to the on-ice product and how they operate at the trade deadline and during free agency. So if ownership is concerned that they're not going to have fans in the seats in this coming season and there's going to be another bubble situation, then you're going to be losing a lot of money and that hockey-related revenue ain't going to be pouring in. On top of that, there's probably going to be a flat cap for at least the next two or three seasons. These teams are laying people off, furloughs, like you name it. It's, a, it's really bad. And if you don't believe me, uh, look at Gary Bettman. It looks like he's aged like 15 years in the last six months uh, <laughs> because of uh, what's been going on. So uh, I don't think the Rangers are going to be very uh, active. However, if the edict from up top is like, hey, you know what? L- look how much interest we generated in that little playing round that we had, uh, whether it be ratings or ad revenue, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I don't think, though, I do agree, though, I don't think that the Rangers should make any type of crazy moves because, remember, they're paying a lot in buyout money this year. You're basically paying, was it like $15 million or is it $8 million? Six plus five, so it's about twelve, I think. All right, so twelve million dollars in just in just dead dead money, right? That that you have to pay that is going absolutely nowhere and is definitely not going to your hockey team. So uh, you know, I could see everybody kind of tightening up a little bit. Uh, I, I definitely see some teams, maybe uh, the team like Toronto, who are desperate, had a really bad flame out in the postseason, <laughs> go out and overspend, make a lot of moves. Look, look at what Pittsburgh has done in just freaking two months. They've made like three trades. They've re-signed four guys. It's been crazy. Mm-hmm. Montreal. Keep your eye on Montreal. Yeah. So they're all desperate. I agree. The Rangers should stay the course. Let this be the last year you do it. You got your number one pick. You definitely want to see something better out of Capo Caco in year two. You want to see what Vitaly Kravtsov can do. As far as the left side goes, there'll be cheap options out there. I don't have a list on me, but there'll be cheap options out there. We could shore it up. Uh, I do think that Ryan Lindgren is an excellent replacement for Mark Stahl. Amazing. I think, I think that Libor Hayek, he gets a lot of crap from the fan base, and I don't understand why, because he actually showed in spurts that he's pretty good. He's just not very consistent. He's also been injured. And he's he's also hurt. gotten some stupid injuries. Yeah, exactly. So um, now, remember, if you start the season and your three left defensemen are Hayek, Miller, and Lindgren, and you know, so you basically don't have anybody over the age of 22, uh, you're going to have a rough year. You're going to have a rough season. The, it's, the onus is going to be on the goaltending. The ice is going to be tilted. I don't care what Panarin and Zibanejad and all them do with the scoring. You're going to have another rough uh, campaign uh, defense-wise. So, uh, but maybe that's the deal. Like y- y- you unload Brendan Smith at the deadline. Y- you let all this cap space, uh, uh, this, uh, dead, this dead money disappear. And then you go out. You got, what, $25 million in cap space. You got plenty of money to sign your RFAs. And then boom. You go out and you try to, whether through trade 
or UFA. It doesn't have to be UFA, remember. The Rangers have one of the top three prospect pools in the league. So they yeah. could just they could say, hey, you want – I'm just saying he's got to get traded, but you want Nils Lundqvist? Fine, then give me freaking, uh, you know, whichever star defenseman or guy that is unhappy wherever he is. So Rangers have a lot of flexibility right now. I would not make any major UFA deals. Maybe sign one guy on a two- or three-year, four-year deal. Now, here's the, the last thing I'll say. A lot of these players understand that it is very critical uh, financially for the entire league. It's a critical moment. And so they're going to want to cash in as best as they can. But at the same time, if the owners, they're going to play hardball. These are businessmen. They're not going to just hand money out like nothing. So yeah. uh, you'll have the chance to get some quality veteran UFAs on the cheap. Bonuses. A long-term deal and NTCs and NMCs like we saw in the past. Right. Bonuses. A lot of it's, – it's not going to be about AAV for some guys. I think some, some teams that know, all right, you are worth $8 million. That's not a problem. We'll give you $8 million. That's good. Uh, I'm not giving you a no, no trade clause. Yeah. I'm not giving you $15 million or $20 million or $30 million or $40 million up front in the first few years. It's not happening. That's not happening. It, that, I mean, sorry, Alex Pietrangelo, as good as you are, I understand why the Blues just can't do what you're asking them to do. And if Toronto wants to – and I, I don't see how Toronto can – Right. But if Toronto wants to try and give you that kind of because, they, you know, there are certain teams that have tons of money, the Rangers, although they don't want to do anything crazy. They're 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 on a different um, trajectory than the Leafs who are trying who are like, I'm right there. I'm, I'm trying to win the cup right now. I could win it next year. or I could win it the year after the Rangers are, are probably like, hey, listen, if we were to win it next year, holy cow, that's beyond anything we ever dreamed of. They're not thinking that way. Yeah. Another team to me that, that has endless money is the Montreal Canadiens. And the Canadiens have been so miserable for years. You know, they're just not very good. They're carry price and nothing else as far as I'm concerned. I know people will go, are you sure? Have you seen Petrie? You know, Petri, have you seen Weber? And I'm like, yes, you've got talent, but your team's not as a whole good enough to win. Yeah. It's, you are a borderline team. And if, if price isn't there, you suck. Um, so they're going to spend tons of money. They have plenty of money and they'll do all those signing bonuses up front because they don't care. They've got it. With that being said, um, I agree with everything you said. Uh, I think we're going to now delve into what people are coming to this podcast for. Uh, we'll take a break. And on the flip side, we will start our, uh, mock draft. Uh, I just want everyone at home to know that, you know, we do this uh, via Zoom. So we do record and I'll put something out. And your host, Mr. Mr. Anthony Scultoria Forever Blue Shirts is wearing his Ranger jersey in preparation. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to get started. So on the flip, we're coming back with the mock draft. Okay, Steve. So here we go. Uh, before we get started, we're going to announce who you think the number one pick in the draft is, but I'm going to let Mr. Bettman announce it, get us started. The first selection in the 2020 NHL draft belongs to the New York Rangers. Alexei Lafreniere. Boom! <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And, and I'm telling you right now, now, so I'm doing a live stream of the draft. Usually, like, I go to the draft and I tweet all the picks and I give commentary, but this year... I'm going to be doing a live stream, so really for days one and two. I'm telling you right now, if they do not draft Alexei Lafreniere with the first overall pick, I'm ending the freaking live stream. I'm, I'm going to cut it right there. I'm going to cut it right there. I'm going to go in my yard, 
I'm going to probably shoot about a hundred jump shots <laughs> and, and then I'm going to just go for a run maybe. And then I'm going to just ignore the whole thing. And, and, and if the Rangers want to do that to me after what they've done to me in the past with this freaking draft. And now this is no slight on Tim Stutzler or Quentin Byfield or, I mean, who knows, whichever pick that they would uh, decide to choose over Alexi Lafreniere. But I mean, I, I've talked about, we've talked about this. Everybody's talked about this. It's very, it's very simple. You take the best player available. It's the number one overall pick. You don't draft a need. I don't care that you need centers. You don't draft a need with the first overall pick. You take the best available player. You take the player who's proven through his resume and his performance that he has the highest potential. And that is Alexei Lafreniere. This cannot be debated. If someone wants to rank Byfield first overall because they like centers better, that's fair and that's fine. But as Ranger fans, they, they just need to just go up there and say Alexei Lafreniere and then walk away and that's it. Yeah, mic drop. Don't thank the freaking Stanley Cup champions. Don't bring little kids up there to make the pick. I don't care. Go up there and say Alexi Lafreniere from Ramuski, and that's it. That's it. And then you win. You win the draft. You can make 15 other picks, and you could draft 29-year-old guys. I, I, I don't care. Draft Great Lafreniere. If they do not, bro, if they do not draft him, <laughs> I, I, I will start a war. I will start a campaign against that organization. I will get, be so angry. I still have a little bit of anger left in me. I've toned down a little bit in the last <laughs> years. But if they do not draft this freaking kid, I will go nuts. Yeah, it, it would be one of those things where if, the, if, if they were like, yeah, the Rangers – I don't even know. Rangers trade the first pick in the draft. I'm like, if they were to trade the first pick in the draft, there's only one name I want to hear, and that's Connor McDavid. And yeah, if McDavid. I don't hear that name, I, I'm done. I yeah. just, I'm, I'm going to bed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to bed and pretend like – I. Wake up like 15 minutes later and go, what time is it? Did the draft start? Like, you know, maybe it was just an awful dream. Regardless, yeah. I, don't, I don't see it. So let's they talk. They can't really tempt with fate. They can't tempt with fate. They got lucky with the Panarin signing, but the first UFA in team history who came in in the first year was an MVP. Uh, don't mess with fate. I, I agree. So just really quick, I talk a little bit more about Lafreniere because people want to hear about him. I think Ranger fans are beyond stoked. Now, I, I know that yesterday, Jeff Gordon, somebody had asked him, and he said, yes, we've taken calls on the first overall pick, okay, which you knew they were going to get, right? I mean, it's yeah, common. Like, well, what do you want to this and this? And I'm pretty sure that they, there's nothing that they've heard, and, and Gordon indicated that right now they're leaning towards taking the pick, right? He's not saying who they're going to take, but they've spoken to Lafreniere already a few times, and they love his, you know, he's family-oriented, he says all the right things. I think they know that this is where it's going. But Craig Button, right, TSN's uh, and a former general manager himself and their draft guy, he obviously also picked Lafreniere to go first overall. And, you know, what he had to say, I found very interesting. He was like, this guy has been number one wherever he's gone. It's never wavered. You know, he's the first overall pick in the QM, QM Quebec Minor Junior Hockey League. It's actually easier for me to say it than to put all the acronym yeah. together, right? And he's like, he's been number one in the CHL. He's just number one, and he's projected to go number one. And he said, this guy is offensively talented. He's ready to produce, and he's projecting he can put up 60 points in his first season with the Rangers. Thoughts? Um, yeah, I agree with Craig uh, 100% on that. Uh, as far as the point totals, I, I, I learned after what Kako and Hughes went through last year, even though I was a little bit more reserved, 
uh, that you have to, and then this will has to do with Steven Stamkos and Joe Thornton, previous first overall picks who came in and they didn't explode onto the scene. It took them a couple of years to really establish themselves as a uh, consistent score, you know, let alone a freaking all-star. Uh, so now, uh, yes, uh, the Rangers have some, some forwards up front uh, that could help them out. The, the one thing, it, this ties back to what I said about the defense, though, is that if you don't have a mobile defense, well, if you don't have a competent defense who could handle the forecheck, push the puck, outpace the pressure, deal with the physicality, then you're going to lead to a lot. If you don't have that, it's going to lead to a lot of possessions in your own end. And then you're going to be caught running and chasing. And then you're going to reduce the amount of opportunities a, let's say, second or third liner like Alexei Lafreniere as a rookie can have to put up those points. To put up those points, you got to play in the power play. You got to be getting those prime offensive zone starts. And also, yeah, have to have the type of offense that wears down the opponents so you could have those better scoring chances as the game progress, uh, progresses. So, yeah, 60 points, uh, you know, throwing a number out there, I could see it. But I, I would definitely tell every single Ranger fan listening to this that you have to temper your expectations because, number one, he's a Quebec kid who's lived in Quebec his whole life. Now you're going to move him to Manhattan. Uh, number two, he's, he's going to be a rookie. And the team is rebuilding. And at the same time, it's this whole COVID thing going on. So he's going to have to make major life adjustments. I don't think he has the kind of character that's going to uh, – he has the type of, I guess, personality where it's going to really impact him and he'll get consumed by everything. But it's been proven that young kids uh, can feel down on themselves, can uh, put a ton of pressure on themselves to succeed. So let's say he has no points in 10 games to start the season. Well, guess what else these young kids do nowadays? They all have social media, and they have to see on social media that, oh, what a bust. He sucks. He sucks. Uh, we've seen this happen before. So uh, I would definitely tell people to be patient with him. He's going to be a top, I guess, a six or top nine forward. He's going to get some looks. He's going to have a lot of wow moments for us to make us excited. Mm -hmm. But he's not going to come right in and score 100 points like a Sidney Crosby uh, did in back in 06. It's funny with these top, like, top picks – uh, how do I explain it? Like I look at some of these topics and it feels like, you know, an amateur, like some guy who just goes out on the weekends and, and plays golf. Like I suck, but I enjoy the game and I get down on myself really easy. Right. And then I'll make one shot and it's the most beautiful shot. And I'm like, I'm like four feet away from the hole on a par three. And I'm like, wow, I'm coming back. And I think, it's almost the same thing with prospects, right? You, you, you watch them play and, you know, you get down on them and you start to, to, to turn on these prospects. Like Kako, they were people like he needs – they were Ranger fans like, send him down. Send him down. He's a bust. I'm like, am I hearing this? And then he, he scores a beautiful goal and they're like going, oh, my God, he's the greatest thing. He's got to play on the top line. It's, it's almost the same thing. It's just like – you got to have patience. You want it, You want the kid to get better and you got to just let them, you got to let them be. And when you see those flashes, you know, that's what that player can do is everything he's going to be. So I agree. Have patience. Um, one thing to note before we move on in our mock draft is that if, if <laughs> Lafreniere is selected first overall, he will be the first Canadian selected first overall in the draft since Connor McDavid. If that, you know, just to kind of put that into context. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's move along. Your pick at number two. Uh, at number two, 
The Kings, all right, so apparently they, they've already decided it, and, and I think that they do take Tim Stutzler. Now, um, I, I believe that Byfield would be the better pick. I do think that Byfield is the better prospect. It's just that the Kings, number one, are loaded at center uh, in their prospect pool, none who compare to Byfield. But at the same time, I just have a feeling that the Kings uh, need a little bit of excitement. And I know that I've said you don't draft a need at the top part of the draft. I understand that. But the, the difference between Stutz and Byfield is, is very close. It really matters. It, it, it could tilt towards whether you go for the speed or you go for the size. Uh, this is just my opinion. I think that the meanness, the aggressiveness that Stutzler has, where he hits hard and he's, he's like really angry, he's demonstrative on the ice. You see him playing with a lot of passion. You don't get that from Byfield. And there's nothing wrong with that. You could be quiet as a mouse and still be a star player. But I think the Kings, they, if they want to go back to the style that they played back in the day uh, when they won cups, the GM Rob Blake, when he played, was one of the hardest hitters in the league. Uh, when he, so I, I have a feeling that they like those guys that are uh, physical and assertive. And Stutzler can do that in addition to, oh, by the way, being this brilliant skater and score and exciting, what have you. So uh, I think the pick is going to be Stutzler, although I think that they might regret passing on Byfield because if Byfield goes to Ottawa, which he will at number three, he has potential to be a legit superstar. I mean, the franchise center and uh, the, the you know, king of Canada right after Connor McDavid. He's that good. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but So I think that Stuss is the pick for the, for the Kings at number two. But I, I still think that Byfield will end up with a better career. So let's go to Detroit. The poor Detroit Red Wings who sucked the big one all year, but somehow didn't even get number two, got number four. What do you see them doing? Uh, it's a tough spot for Steve Eisenman, in, and I, I think that they should draft the center Marco Rossi. I know that he's small, that people are worried about his size, but if you watch him play, if, if, I mean, if anyone who remembers a young Steve Eisenman, uh, he plays almost the same way, except Rossi might actually be better defensively than Eisenman was. Eisenman was beat up for years about not being uh, a more, uh, I guess, a well-rounded forward. Uh, Rossi is just a brilliant playmaker. I would say that he is the best pure playmaker in the entire draft, and that says a lot considering how elite Alexei Lafreniere is. Uh, obviously, he doesn't have the size and the grid and the physicality and the le- I guess the leadership traits. He's more of a quiet leader. But Rossi, to me, is the pick. He he solves a lot of their problems. And um, I could see them going for the goalie, Eskarov. I could see them going for a defenseman like Drysdale or Jake Sanderson. Maybe- I was just about to say that I could I, – I look at Detroit thinking about rebuilding and starting from the back end with Drysdale. But they have a lot of elite prospects on the, on the back end. They have Philip Hironik already there, who's outstanding. And then in addition, they, they drafted Moritz Sider uh, sixth overall last That's year. right. And he was phenomenal in the AHL. They got the Finnish kid to a misto coming over. He's one of the best defensemen in Finland. So I think they're okay with defense. I don't see them addressing a need with that pick. If I go best player available, like biggest point producing potential and so on and so forth, that is my pick is Ross. Right, let's break some news on this podcast. Two things just happened while we were talking. A, Brian Elliott has, has uh, signed with the Philadelphia Flyers. So the Flyers now have solidified their goaltending. They have two goaltenders. And the Vegas Golden Knights have agreed to a contract with Robin Lehner. Okay. So now 
What happens with Marc-Andre Fleury was going to be very interesting. He doesn't want to leave Vegas. He has a no-trade clause. I do believe that they, that they said they weren't buying anybody out, so I don't believe they'll buy out Andre Fleury. Maybe, maybe something's there with Pittsburgh. You had mentioned Lundquist, but maybe a reunion with the Penguins. Maybe Vegas eats 50% and they pay $4 million for a goalie. I don't know. But I just wanted to break that news because when we talk about pick number five, Ottawa Senators hold pick number five, they are open to trading it. That's one, right? So this is going to be one of the more intriguing picks we talk about. Where do you think, because I believe, and you could tell me, Aunt, you're an idiot. I'm the draft expert. That's why I'm the draft analyst. That's my Twitter handle. You go be forever blue shirts and worry about the Rangers. But I know I, I saw your mock draft. You have a different player for them. Other people have different players for them. But I keep thinking, what, are this te- what is this team going to do about goal? And this kid Askarov is amazing. Yeah. And they could go off the board and take him at five if they don't get anybody to take that pick. Because you're right. They, they might be drafting a superstar in Byfield. What are they going to do with five? So give me your thoughts right there. Okay, so now the Ottawa Senators have, I believe, like 14 or 15 picks. I think they just made a trade the other day where they got another one. So now they have, they have all these picks. Uh, not all those picks are going to hit. Uh, but again, remember, they got a very cheap owner, and the owner doesn't like making a whole lot of moves. So the one thing that I could see is that if you do draft Askarov at five, is that he is as close to NHL ready as a goalie can be. Uh, I don't know what his contract situation is with Scott, but in any event, if you tell the owner, hey, our goalie problems will be solved and we'll only have to pay, you know, 975 k or whatever it is uh, f- for the first three years and, and make our team better, then I could see the owner being involved in meddling a little bit. But I know a lot of Sens fans want to see Lucas Raymond go here at five. I, I think they have plenty of, of, of skill guys in their uh, organization already. I, I, got, I would take one of the defensemen uh, based on the way that that team is constructed and based on the fact that they have brilliant puck rushers and Thomas Shabbat and Eric Brandstrom, and the fact that several teams even had the other defenseman, Jake Sanderson, in the top three. So Jake Sanderson is, has been considered by some a top three pick. And so for me, that's the pick for the Senators. I know that they have uh, all these outstanding puck rushes in the system, but if you looked at this year's playoffs and even last year's playoffs, you know, every NHL team watches the postseason. They want to see how they want to build their team. They want to see what the, what the good teams are doing to win playoff rounds and what have you. And the teams with the bigger, more physical defensemen, the teams with the bigger, more physical forwards came out on top. And so, you know, you could get a smaller pluck rusher like a Jamie Drysdale or a smaller, let's say, a skilled wing like a Lucas Raymond. But are you really going to win those battles in the trenches when the time is right and the time comes for you to be in the postseason? Well, the answer is, uh, you, your chances are a lot greater if you have a guy like Jake Sanderson who could rush the puck, play on the power play, hammer, he hammers it, he's got a great shot, but it really it's just the overall, the whole package. And he's got the NHL bloodlines. His dad, Jeff, used to be a uh, forward in the NHL for quite some time. So for me, the pick is definitely Jake Sanderson at five. Awesome. All right, so we've got a lot to get through. We can't be here all day. I want to, let's quickly run through, just give me some names, unless you think there's a trade that's going to happen in these picks. But from six through, uh, let's go six through 12. So who's Anaheim taking? Uh, I think Anaheim's going to take Jamie Drysdale if Jake Sanderson is off the board. If not, either way, they're going to take one of the defensemen, I think. They've had a great track record drafting with defensemen. I think uh, they'll just add to it with one of those two. New Jersey. 
I uh, got to say, it's going to be one of Alexander Holtz or Lucas Raymond, whoever's available. I would lean more towards Holtz because he's got that one elite trait, which is goal scoring. And the Devils have been terrible at goal scoring the last few years. He's a pure sniper. You've already got Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer as your playmakers. So why don't you hook him up and give him a nice finisher in the, uh, in the form of Alexander Holtz, who's got one of the best shot releases in the draft. It's funny. Uh, Button has Holtz at 13, just to kind of say, just to give the, little, give the fans a little perspective that you're very high on Holtz. Yes, I've been high. I, I've had him ahead of Raymond all season, I think deservedly so. One of the top U18 scoring seasons in the SHL. Uh, he, he was better than Raymond at the World Juniors, better than Raymond at the U20 tournaments. Uh, so whatever is going on right now in the SHL in this little three-game sample, four-game sample, uh, to me is irrelevant. Uh, Holtz is a uh, better prospect. Ladies and gentlemen, for $5, you could be that smart. That's all I'm saying. Draftanalyst.com. Um, number eight, Buffalo. Uh, they, they'll, get, they'll take whoever's – which if Raymond and Holtz are both gone, uh, I could see the Sabres maybe drafting the goalie, Eskarov, if he's there. I could see them maybe taking a, uh, one of the uh, premier goal scorers in Jack Quinn. Uh, maybe the more slick playmaking winger type or half wing, half center type in Seth Jarvis. But if one of Raymond or, or Holtz is there, they're grabbing them. They, these kids, the Sabres draft a ton of kids out of Sweden every year. And uh, you got the Fralunda connection if it's Raymond, because uh, Rasmus Stalin is already there as their number one defenseman. Uh, Minnesota at number nine. Uh, it's going to be Askarov, one of the two defensemen, or Anton Lundell, the big center out of Finland. I think they need a center. Uh, but he also has is, is got that skill. And remember, they had Miko Koivu there for quite some time. And even though he's gone, uh, he plays like a similar game, maybe a little bit more of a finisher than a playmaker as Koivu. But Lundell's got the size. He's got good speed, uh, outstanding hockey IQ, and a, ha- could be a shutdown guy if all else fails. So uh, I think Lundell's the pick there. And number 10, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Winnipeg, they desperately need defensemen. And you got to worry about Shovel Dayoff overdrafting a little bit by taking a guy like Braden Schneider or Caden Gooley, but uh, they're a Western Canadian team. I have a feeling if they've watched uh, Seth Jarvis play and they probably hear about some teams being really interested in him, uh, I could see them going for Jarvis. If not, maybe Dylan Holloway, uh, the big uh, you know, versatile winger center who played for Wisconsin with Keandre Mello this past season. Seth Jarvis is Craig Button's pick for the Jets as well, so he's probably you know on the same page as you. And the Jets do need centers uh, as much as they need defensemen too. At number 11, the Nashville Predators. Nashville needs goal scoring. They need uh, – now, one guy that I have not mentioned yet uh, is the guy I see slipping to Nashville. If not to Nashville, he will be maybe going to Winnipeg, and only because there, there might be a slight concern with the skating. I think they might be overstated, but that's Cole Perfetti. My fourth-ranked player, by the way. I think He's, he's small, isn't he? He's not that small. Uh, he's like 5'10", maybe like 175, but he's, he's really sturdy. He's got uh, 175 soaking wet. <laughs> I see. I'm like, that's why I said. Well, they're going to grow. The kids are going to grow. The way that these kids are, you know, trained nowadays, and they're, they're going to be able to put on muscle rel- relatively quickly. But I, I think so. Jarvis, Perfetti, and Quinn, those three guys, they're going to be somewhere in that like 8 to 12 range. And, and that's where, you know, those teams will be fighting for one of them. So uh, with Nashville, they take the best player available, and that's Cole Perfetti. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure if I ever now, you know, cross – first off, if I ever rise in any more in popularity, maybe, hopefully, and I cross Cole Pepperetti's path, he'll probably slash me in the ankles and I'll deserve <laughs> it. 
Um, all right. So uh, we are now moving to the Florida Panthers. So what are the Pussycats going to do at number 12? Well, remember, like, we we're giving each team a lot of options. There's a kid that I really like a lot. I got him ranked high, a lot higher than most, and that's Rody Namirov. Now, they don't need wingers in Florida. That's probably their strength, and they could use some help on defense. Uh, they don't need a goalie because they already have Spencer Knight, so they're not going to draft Eskarov if he's available. So I think the pick here uh, is going to be the uh, Rody Namirov, the, the kid from Russia. You put him on a line with Grigory Denisenko. They can work magic. He's outstanding in the puck possession game. And he could play center as well. You know, Amiro played center for uh, the Russian junior team uh, at the international level and also did it for the club team in the MHL. So uh, fantastic playmaker, great along the boards, elusive, uh, heady, smart, you name it. You got it in, uh, in Rory Namiro. So I think he'll fit in nicely in Florida. All right, let's go to the Carolina Hurricanes at number 13. Carolina's got a very deep pool, so they can really do whatever they want. They could, you know, they could basically draft for need. They could draft for best player available, what have you. I think that they would love to add a guy like Askarov, but he'll probably be gone by then. Uh, Edmonton, you could say the same thing for them. So I think that maybe Carolina looks for pure skill, and they go for a guy like Maverick Bork, the center out of Shawinigan in the Quebec League. A fantastic hands, outstanding shot, dual threat, playmaker, a setup guy, sniper, call whatever you want, uh, and also a pretty good skater as well, really good effort off the puck. Uh, if it's not going to be Maverick Bork, though, it'll be Dawson Mercer, who plays a similar game, maybe a little bit better defensively. So uh, it's going to be one of either Maverick Bork or Dawson Mercer, I think. You said Maverick Bork and Dawson Mercer? Yeah, one of the two, yeah. Just want you to know, Craig, uh, Craig Button has Dawson Mercer at 16, and I don't see Maverick Bork on here anywhere. Well, I mean, listen uh, – uh, like I said, that, that's his own personal ranking. $5, folks, and you could be as smart as the draft analyst. Is what I'm trying to get at. I'm not doing that to knock. I'm telling people, look at the kind of stuff you're going to get for 5 bucks. Yes, I will promote you to death, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate it. And hopefully one day when we cross paths, you could buy me a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A good one, though. Now I'm from Subway. We'll go to like a real good hero place. That's awesome. All right, so now we're going to move on. And I want to stop after this one. We'll take a break. Let's talk about the Edmonton Oilers. Who are they taking? They, 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 if I'm the Oilers, I try. I move heaven and earth to try to get Askarov. That, that team is a goalie away from becoming an elite team. I know that they had a really good season this year, but McDavid is young. Kali Yamamoto is young. Evan Bouchard, Philip Broberg are young. They've drafted defensemen in each of their last two drafts. So I don't think they're going to draft another one. Maybe they might go for Braden Schneider or Caden Gooley if they want to really shore up that back end. Uh, Ken Holland is a West Coast guy. He's a Western Canadian guy, and uh, he was a scout in the WHL for years. So uh, I could see him maybe lean towards a really talented group from that league. So maybe Conazari is a center. I could see that. Maybe Seth Jarvis if, if he's available. Uh, maybe even Dylan Holloway. Uh, he's a Western Canadian kid. But again, the goaltending, they have to address it. And if you could maybe trade up to do it, it's a shame that Askarov has played uh, so well because for a while we were talking about him being a available for really anybody, uh, mm -hmm. even in the, in the middle of the first round. But because he's had this ridiculous start in the KHL where he's yep. and he's got like a 0.5 goals against <laughs> making acrobatic saves, he's going to be gone probably in the top 10. But if you cannot draft Askarov, I would take one of those forwards I mentioned, either be Holloway, Seth Jarvis, Conazari. Uh, they'll all be perfect fits, I think. 
What's funny is uh, before we got on, KHL announced like their plays of the week and Askarov was, was the save of the week. Yeah, I mean, he, he's so, a modern-day Hasek. He really is. He's acrobatic. He, he's unorthodox, uh, but he's so clean and quick and clever that uh, he's going to be a franchise goal in the NHL. People just got to start believing that. You're looking at Askarov late in the top 10, like nine possibly. You said mentioned Buffalo. I mean, listen – a jump from 14 to nine wouldn't cost the Oilers probably much if, um, you know, Buffalo felt, you know, they could get a different type of player. So who knows? You're right. We might have one of our first trades to move up right there. Uh, so we're going to take a break because I think we're entering the territory. We're going to speed through 15 to 31 as best as possible um, to kind of wrap up the show. But I, this is the one where it gets intriguing because I think this is where we could see people trading draft picks. Yeah, uh, so. Once you get to the middle of the draft, all bets are off, you know, with this stuff. So we'll be back in, in two seconds. All right. So we're back. Um, news came out recently that the Montreal Canadiens are looking to or open to trading the number 16 pick overall in a draft. I think the problem with the Canadians is that, like most teams, they overvalue everything. Uh, they want a top six forward. I'm sorry. I don't know how anyone's going to trade you a top six forward for the 16th pick in the draft. I know this is a deep draft. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But I'm not giving you one of my top six guys because, obviously, that's an NHL top six. I know who he is. I know what he can do. I don't have to develop him. He's who he is. I don't know where they're going. Maybe it's just to get you – Looking at it, I don't know. But let's talk about, before we get to the Rangers, let's talk about 14 through 20. We are talking about, I'm sorry, 15 through 20, the Leafs, Canadians, the Blackhawks, New Jersey with their second pick in the draft, and the Calgary Flames, and then New Jersey again with their third pick in this draft in the top 20. What do you think those guys are going to do there? Well, the Leafs are a very difficult team to assess because they, they, they have Kyle Dubas as the GM. They're pro-analytics. Everything is about speed and skill and finesse. That's working out. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not a big analytics guy. <laughs> yeah, it cost them, it's cost them dearly in the playoffs having that mindset. Is he going to eat a piece of humble pie and, and listen to his detractors who've been saying, you got to get grittier, you got to get tougher, or do you run the risk of maybe drafting a – stronger, more physical guy, and bypass a ton of talent that's loaded, uh, that, that that back end of the draft, or the first half at least, is loaded with. So uh, you're looking at the names. If you want to maybe kill two birds with one stone where you get a physical guy who could also skate and could also be a potential top pairing or top line guy, I think they might go a little bit off the board and draft a kid that I like a lot. I didn't rank him like I liked him a lot, but it was only just because of a matter of space. But there's a defenseman out of Sweden named William Volander. He's like 6'3". He's been the number one defenseman for Moto in the junior league. He played a little bit in the adult league. Uh, but this kid has dominated tournaments before. He's dominated games before as the number one, not just with his skating, which is like kind of like a Zach Wierenski type. He's got a cannon of a shot, a left defenseman. But he's also physical, and he's mean, and he tries to clean up the crease. And like you, you see him get in these little one-on-one -on -one battles. He actually has a very high... Uh, compete level and uh, battle level, I guess. So that's something that some of the, the least defensemen have been lacking. And I think he's uh, definitely be uh, address the need piece, but also have that high end skill to make him uh, an analytics darling. 
All right. Do, so what are you thinking about Montreal? Are they making, they trading that pick or they take, obviously I don't see how they're going to move it for top six forward. Well, they, they have a lot of picks this year in the draft. I think they have four second rounders or something crazy like that. So they have the ability to maybe move up one or two spots. Now that they don't really draft a lot of Quebec league kids, kids anymore. I don't know why, but this particular season, the, the kids in the Quebec league are pretty good, especially in that top uh, half of the first round. So you, you'll, have a guy like Dawson Mercer potentially available. Maybe a guy like Maverick Bork. A little bit of a drop-off. I don't think they need defensemen. Uh, if I would draft any position, I would say it's center ice. And in that, in that area, unfortunately for Ranger fans, if they don't draft Maverick Bork or if they don't draft um, uh, Dawson Mercer, that they might take one of the centers that we're targeting we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, but I think the pick might be a guy like Brendan Brisson. And he's a center. His dad, Pat Brisson, is a, I think he's a Montreal native, the NHL super agent. Uh, but, but Brendan has his own identity. He was the top center for Chicago in the USHL, one of the top scorers in that league. He's going to Michigan. He was excellent at the World Junior A Challenge, one of the top scorers there. Actually, he was the top scorer there. A great shot, great character, good skater, can enter the zone cleanly. So uh, maybe a little bit of a, of a reach, uh, drafting him a good 10 spots where he's uh, expected to go. But I like his makeup. I think he adds to that that com- that tough competitiveness that Bergeron uh, Bergevin wants to have going on in that franchise, and uh, he'd be a good pick. Yeah, Paprasan and Bergevin are friends anyway, so yeah, it, wouldn't, I mean, it wouldn't shock me to see something like that. It's not, it's not like it's never happened in the NHL before. Sure. Um, so let's talk about New Jersey has two picks. Do they trade either one of these picks? I think they do. Well, I talked about it. I did the, uh, I, I did the Sharks uh, podcast yesterday, and I talked about how the Sharks, because they have 31, 34, and 56, that maybe the Sharks would be ideal trading partners with the Devils or Rangers because the Devils and Rangers don't have a second-round pick. So maybe because they have that high first-round pick, they might say, why not add a couple of seconds uh, instead of that late first? So the Devils are definitely going to be a team that you should keep an eye on uh, for trading down. Uh, to maybe add a couple more picks. But then again, they, they need scoring help and they need finishing. And there's going to be a couple of kids in that zone who could help them. And remember, if they've taken Lucas Raymond or Alexander Holtz with that first pick, why not keep with the Swedish theme and take Noel Gunler? And Noel Gunler's a right shot, ideal size, uh, one of the best shot combinations you'll have in the draft. He's already been playing against men for now two years. Uh, maybe a red flag or two because of some issues in the past, but I think he's moved on from that and matured. Um, definitely more one-dimensional than other the, uh, the other wingers in this draft. I know Devils fans really like Jack Quinn. I don't think he's going to be available at 18. So for me, Gunler's the pick. It would be a good boom or bust gamble to take when you have these extra first-round picks to, uh, at your disposal. All right. We're going to wrap up the show, folks, and we're going to talk about what everyone's probably most intrigued with. The Rangers have the number 22 pick in the draft. We all probably agree that if they're going to keep this pick, they want a center. So with the number 22 pick in the draft, the New York Rangers select. Marikus Nadinov. I don't care if he's Russian. I don't care if he's on the contract. I don't care what people say. This kid is phenomenal. Uh, hopefully he's around the 22. I have him ranked uh, 13th overall, my final rankings. Uh, definitely, uh, he's, I'm one of the people who are, who are uh, most high on him. And I... He is exactly what you want out of a center. He's, he's tough. He's 5'11", but he plays like he's 6'11". He hits. He's aggressive on the forecheck. But the, the two things that really separate Kuznodino from most centers in this draft is his speed, 
mind-blowing speed, outstanding acceleration, and his scoring. And that if you looked at the MHL, the MHL is the toughest junior league to score in, in the world uh, out of the, the premier ones. So you talk about a, a group of about 25 junior leagues, and in, that, in uh, the MHL, it's the toughest league to score. And that's why these goalies always have these low uh, goals against and save percentage totals or high save percentage totals. Well, Hustadinov had a 3.10 points per 60 average. That's phenomenal. That's like Conor McDavid level right there. That means that even though in a limited role, a third or second line role, he was able to produce points at an all-star clip. So uh, he kills penalties. He can run the power play. He's my pick, and I hope that he's there when, when, they could, uh, when it's time to grab a pick at 22. I'm just going to say Craig Button's list doesn't even have him on it in the first round. Uh, he's seen him play. He's been at the tournaments. Uh, so so uh, each is going, but I love the it, kid. I and the only reason why I want to bring that up is because, you know, depend on what ranking list you look at, it's possible that, the, you know, while some might consider it a reach, that player will be, could very well be available at 22. And again, I think the Rangers are putting 22 in play, but they're not trading 22, obviously, until they get to the very moment of the draft and go, <clears throat> was the guy that we wanted still available? Because if the guy they wanted is still available, they're going to take that pick. I don't care. I don't think there's any trade for the 22nd pick overall in the draft that's going to be like, oh, yeah, this really makes us a contender next year. Uh, you're probably better off taking the pick. Uh, Button actually has Connor Zary at 22. Thoughts? Well, <laughs> listen, I like Zary, but considering the amount of hate that Brett Howden gets from the, his own fan <clears throat> base, uh, they're, they're similar players. Zary's uh, like a physical 200-foot center, uh, more of a playmaker than a setup guy, and that's the kind of – resume that Brett Howden had when he was in the WHL uh, leading up to his draft year. So uh, he's played for Team Canada at the international events. He's a character guy, so I could definitely see the Rangers being interested in that. High compete, coachable. The coach is going to love him. But the Rangers already have a couple of guys like that. And I, I think that you need that dynamic center. You need a center who's just explosive and brings you out of your seat and can make fancy plays and do fancy moves and has the highlight real goals and assists. And that's what uh, Husnadinov is. If Husnadinov was one-dimensional, I'd be a little bit apprehensive. But he's not. He, he, uh, go watch the, the tournaments. He's, he's the guy in the penalty kill, whether it be a five-on-three, late and close uh, face-offs in the defensive zone. He hits. He gets, he's get, gets involved uh, on the forecheck and board battles. He always helps out his teammates. The puck support's always there uh, if his teammates need it. So uh, to me, it's a no-brainer. I understand why they wouldn't take him. Maybe a guy like Dawson Mercer is, has like a similar skill set. Uh, with uh, maybe a little bit uh, more of an advantage in size, but he'll likely be gone by then. So after Husnadinov, uh and maybe Zary, like there's a there's a big drop off when it comes to the center ice position. So uh, and if you want uh, to like you know war game a future line that has Murat Husnadinov and Alexei Lafreniere on it, well you're just going to get a ton of points. If you have a Zary Lafreniere line, all right, it'll be more physical, more I guess uh, I guess gritty, but I, I just, I love the playmaking and the vision. Now, Zary's got very good vision. I don't want to shortchange him. He's not a, uh, just a, a grinder or a mucker or a checker. He, he can make uh, nice setups as well. So I could see the Rangers leading towards him. The Rangers love to draft out of the WHL. So, you know, they've seen him plenty. But uh, again, I, I am, I'm a pro Husnadinov guy, man. I, I've been for quite some time and uh, I think he'll be a great pick. Last question before we end the show. We're talking about, trading that pick, right? And a lot of people suspect, well, maybe they'll trade it to get a, a roster player. But what about using the 22 pick and a roster player? I'm not going to get into who that roster player could be, so let's leave that alone for now. 
to move up in the draft to draft to to try and steal Anton Lundell to be maybe Kako's future center. Uh, that would be a, a home run move if they could make it happen. It would be a costly move. Uh, Anton right. Lundell may very well be a top five pick on several draft boards. He's that mature. He's that NHL ready. He has the build. He's got the speed. He's got the shot. He's got an excellent wrist shot. Uh, he's played against men for now three years in a row. He's distinguished himself on the international stage. So it would cost a lot, especially since some of those teams in that zone only have one pick and they need a center. And Lundell fits that bill. So I think it would be a fantastic move. It would make sense, but you'd have to pay a price. You're probably talking about trading uh, a guy that we like on the team, a fan favorite. Uh, but uh, again, uh, I think the Rangers want – they like the team that they have. I don't think that they're willing to do that. I think they're going to uh, try to do that. If they do attempt it, it will be with picks. But how are you going to convince a team with a top 10 pick? Like, hey, you want more picks? Well, you know, give us uh, the most valuable asset you have in this draft. It's going to be a tough sell. There you go, folks. And we'll break in a little bit more news. The Penguins just signed Tristan Jarry, which means, Matt Murray, you are a gunner at some point. All right. That's the wrap. That's the show. All draft-oriented, focused on the Rangers. I hope I gave you everything you wanted. How could I not? I had the Greek draft guide on, Steve Koreanos. Buddy, thank you for everything. I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, follow him at the Draft Analyst on Twitter, thedraftanalyst.com. Please go pick it up. $5, the best $5 you'll spend. Any last words, buddy? Uh, good luck, everybody. Enjoy the draft. And uh, I'll be doing a live stream on YouTube on my channel. It's called the Prospect Film Room. So uh, I'll tweet out some links on my Twitter account and uh, hopefully you'll join me. Uh, it's not going to be your traditional NHL draft coverage. I'll tell you that much. But hopefully I'll have information on every kid picked and we'll have a little bit of fun at the same time. All right, everyone. That's a wrap. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy this show.